Hey, everybody. How good is that? Happy Mother's Day. Yes, happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day, all the moms out there. Shout out to my wife, Pastor Kim. Happy Mother's Day. My mom, I don't know if you're watching, mom, but happy Mother's Day. My two daughters, Johanna and Jessica. Jessica's behind me. My two daughter-in-laws, Kimberly and Sarah. Happy Mother's Day to all of you. Uh, so very, very privileged to be able to call all of you mothers. That's cool. So yeah. that's awesome. Hey, we're going to say thanks to the band. We're gonna, we want to talk about mothers today, don't we? Imagine so we're going to say, yeah, imagine that. Thanks, thanks, band. Thanks, here guys. in Revelstoke again. Glad to have the band here in Revelstoke and able to do this. So, so uh, yeah, we want to talk about mothers and motherhood. And thought uh, thought this would be a good time to do, do you that. Have questions about motherhood? Do Is I have questions yes, about motherhood? I I'm, I don't know motherhood very uh, very directly. Not huh? intimately <laughs> at all. I wouldn't think. Not no. I mean, I've got some <laughs> observations. About motherhood, yeah. but uh, but it's all theory. It's, it's all theory. It's, it's not. It's hundred percent theory. It's not uh, anything but theory. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. But you're the expert. Am I? Well, okay. I will. We'll say you're the expert. <laughs> you're the expert. I'm sure one of our I grandkids. I like that there's a few years, you know, since I had little ones that, you know, I've got some, um, you know, some history and not not having little ones right now, but to see the fruit of them growing up a little bit. It's interesting, you know, with being an expert, the farther you get away from the actual fact, the more likely you're willing to be an expert. Actually, I don't think that's true. I think I was say, when I'm you're, not sure that's... I, I think it, the, you're, the only time you're an expert is before you've actually done anything. Yeah, then yeah. you've got all this wonderful theory, you know, when I have kids, they'll never do that. When I get married, you know, this is never going to happen, which you can be 100% sure that's exactly what will happen. <laughs> it's the very thing you say won't happen. I, I kind of feel like we're not old enough yet to have any expertise on anything to do with parenting or anything. I just think yet. it's risky. I just think to say that you have, uh, uh, you know, that you know what to do in every situation because there's always such... You know, some things are just so subjective, right? And motherhood yeah. tends to have a little bit of an element of that, that, will, you know, what you've seen, what you've grown up with, the environment that you've come from, plays such a big part in it. And so the things that you feel are absolutes or uh, rights and wrongs, uh, they can feel very different from person to person. Well, in parenting styles, like yeah. mothering styles. Exactly. I, I thought it was great when we had the Talking Taboo se series and the very first uh, couple that we had on there talking about uh, marriage and divorce. They talked, I, what's her name again? Um, Audrey. Audrey, right. When Audrey talked about <laughs> the Bible really refers a lot to not so much about what's right and wrong, but about the foolish and the wise. Yeah, wisdom. And it's more about wisdom. And I think that as I've uh, aged, I have value. I've looked back on some of parenting motherhood and seen some wise decisions that I see the fruit of in my children and in our lives and not necessarily knowing that those were wise decisions. I also look back and recognize some foolish decisions that I choose chose even when I knew maybe that they were foolish and uh, just trusting that really God's more is willing to actually impart that wisdom to you mm. that it's not always about those absolute rights and wrongs sometimes yeah that's true with parenting and especially today you know talking about mothers but mother like Mother's Day is actually kind of a really sort of a difficult uh day for a lot of people too. Absolutely. I think for me, I would think as I think of motherhood and being a mother and having mothers, it, you know, you I said brought having some mothers, mothers. Yeah. I yeah. have more than one. Um, <laughs> and, uh, so Do I tell. even brought tissues with me in case that, you know, provokes some thoughts, but it's a very emotional time for mm -hmm. me. I would say it's, 
it's been the greatest joy of my life besides being married to you. So oh, now. there you yeah. go. Oh, yeah, that's uh, been okay. pretty good too. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> There's a reward in heaven for you for that. Yeah, right? <laughs> but it's also probably been the most painful thing in yeah. my life. Not, uh, not in, and not the majority of that being having children, but having had uh, a mother that I'm estra estranged from, yeah. as well as a mother that gave me birth, but I really didn't grow up knowing her, still You've not really knowing her. You've got a stepmom and a biological mom, yeah. and the relationships there are all very, very it's, different. It's very, yeah, there's, and really wanting to be a woman of God that honors my mother, because more than anything, I want, you know, uh, I know that what you give is what you receive, and not just for what I'm going to receive as honor from my children and grandchildren, but I, I was very aware of the need to be honoring. I never really ever heard my father talk about it, but he demonstrated honor towards the woman who was my mother. He never once ever said anything like that I... Like biological mother. By, yeah, yeah, you know, she was my mother till I was two, and then when, as a result of divorce, um, I went to live with my dad and really never saw my mother other than I could count on one hand how many times I saw her. Uh, during my childhood, well, yeah. actually, probably... Probably even till now. Well, yeah, probably. Yeah. I would say, I mean, you've only met her once, I believe, uh, and that once, was yeah. about five years ago. Something like that. Yeah. But he never once, when I thought about it, and I, uh, he never really ever said anything bad about her. I knew there was negative feelings. And that would be his ex-wife. His ex-wife, right. yeah. I never, he wouldn't really, you know, I, I, I never really knew why the marriage broke down, and, but I... I did hear stories, but never from him. And it's only after the fact that I realized that actually, I'm not really sure what was, you know. And as a result, he remarried, found a mother for me. Right. And, you know, that worked, you know, she raised me. And, you know, I always felt like I was closer to my mother than I was even to my father. And then when mm. my father passed away 10 years ago, that was the end of her relationship with me. And so... So, so you're estranged from your mother. The mom who brought you up. Right. So your stepmom, so, you, well, the person that you, the only person you really knew is mom. Right. So what I, would, like, I mean, other people that may be estranged from moms or stepmoms, would you have, what kind of advice? Or even what a, kind of even insight a tense or advice? relationship or, yeah. or a very complicated relationship that has a lot of negativity to it. What I, kind you of know, advice I, would you give I them? still feel that it's my responsibility to model honor to those two women. I don't entirely know how to do that every time, but I continue to send cards, letters, gifts, uh, um, try to do the things that I can. I, I wouldn't, um, you know, because I don't have a relationship with my birth mother, I think I probably identify more with an adopted child sometimes. Mm -hmm. I didn't know the history of, you know, what my birth was like. I didn't because my dad never provided any of that information. <laughs> Dads uh, usually don't know any of that stuff yeah, anyway. And yeah. I don't think, you know, 50 plus years ago that he was even in the delivery room. Right. I don't even know if he was in town. And uh, so sometimes I identify with those abandonment issues. And so, but I've felt very definite the need to have to demonstrate honor as much um, I feel like it's required of me as as a woman of God to be able to demonstrate that, and I pray for them. I pray blessing on them, and um, and I hope that my children see. Yeah, I, that. I mean, I, I I mean, you don't tell me every time, but I I see the letters in addressed to your stepmom and sister um, every you know Mother's Day and birthday and 
you know, Christmas special and, Christmas yeah. and anniversaries and all those kinds of special days. And I know you do that, even though some of them you have know, been returned. I, I make the phone calls. They don't pick up. But yeah. I still make the phone call. Yeah. And it takes a lot to actually dial the number, you yeah. know. And uh, But it's important that I do that. I feel like it's important. And so I think even when you have a, a broken relationship, hmm. I think before God we have to try. God is a God of reconciliation. And whether reconciliation takes place on this side of earth or the other side in eternity, I still, this is not the end of the story. Right. And I'm not just living for this moment. I'm living for a future. And um, I have people watching how I walk out these years. And so that's important to me. It's not just my children and my grandchildren. It's relationships around me that, you know, have walked with and, me. I mean, you still have the promise, honor your father and mother, that, so your days will be long. Unfortunately, that's not yeah. conditional, right? It's, it's not whether not, they love yeah. you back or whether they And you've been, and you've been honoring your mom without good. any response for 10 years. Yeah, well, anything that has been responded hasn't been great. <laughs> it hasn't been positive, You said, you know, you just mentioned earlier, just caught, you said uh, that your relationship to your birth mom has almost been more like an adopted relationship there and, and I know there'll be some watching today and, and that uh, you know their relationship they're adopted and so either they don't know the details like you said and how do you how do you deal with that how do you how do you try to you honor know, in that or how do you how do you deal with the mom in that I know you sent a, a letter or note to your biological mom this last Mother's Day that was very it was Christmas or Christmas, Christmas sorry yeah, yeah Mother's Day today you know, yeah okay I think it was for me, I really felt that it was important that she know that I, I truly feel blessed and honored that she gave me life and that, and I feel like she did the best she could do. Mm. I don't know the circumstances. You know, she was a very young mom who had lost a child, you know, through right. um, SIDS and in a marriage that right. probably she was young. Mm. I mean, she was 18 years old. I cannot imagine the trauma that probably went through right. Um, her life. She'd had a child before my dad had married her. And, you know, looking back, there's so many, so many reasons why um, things probably didn't go well for her. And I, mm. you know, even when I, I met my other siblings, because she remarried and had, I met two brothers, you know, they were like, well, you know, I wish you'd get to know her. You wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't dislike her. And I said, I, I don't dislike her. I don't, I don't know her. Right. And I think sometimes we think that, you know, we wonder why were we given up because really um, my parents chose one. There was two children from that marriage and my mother chose one and my father chose one. So or, you were chosen. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it, or else you feel like you were. Rejected. You could either choose yeah. that. And the same as being an adopted child. You can think, well, you know, these people chose to raise me and chose me as their child. But oftentimes what you think of is the people that actually rejected you, not the yeah, people right. who made the choice. Right. And so you, it has to be intentional that you actually think about the fact that you were chosen. And mm. um, and I realized that there was a sacrifice, the same as anybody who's giving up a child for adoption. It, it is, it takes, I, I can't imagine having to make right. that decision and all the incidentals that go into it. And I think it's important to be able to recognize that there's another story mm. that goes along with it. Um, I, I think the thing is there's unanswered questions that as you become a mother, those things become really like, oh, I, I, I didn't know what time I was born. Right. Silly thing doesn't really affect my future. But, you know, you but wonder. It's important. It, it, yeah. it, it speaks to your identity in a sense, doesn't it? Yeah. I remember, you know, five, six years ago when I did meet face to face with my 
biological mother and I have a scar in the bottom of my lip. I don't know, I've just always had it. I, I don't know why, never thought to ask why. It's big, I, it looks like I probably just about lost my lip at one point. And she <laughs> said, oh, I see you still have that scar. And I was like, oh yeah, you might know why I have that scar. <laughs> and she said, oh, it's the first time you saw snow and you took a, you know, you started walking across, uh, out onto a step and you fell. And um, I thought, and there weren't places to get stitches, but you know, <laughs> I, I did. But it was just like, wow, somebody knows why I have that scar. And there was just something. I think it's because there's areas of your life you feel are incomplete, unanswered, and I think that in God, that's where there's mm. too often there are a lot of areas for our life where we feel. I think I have a question I didn't know to ask, right. I, and it was not a question. Like even something as simple as that scar on my lip, I never thought about asking that question. But I realized, right. I, I there's somewhere inside of me I wondered. But I, how often do each of us have a question inside of us about something that right. we've never actually articulated? We don't even really know. We don't even articulate what the question is. Yeah, and it's um, like a part of your story is missing, and you just not he, sure what it is yeah and i think in our lives even as you know with maturity i realize mm. how many times as a mother uh parenting i never knew the question to ask mm. and i think there were just as there were all kinds of those questions that were in me like how to do things and mm. it never seemed like as a mother like i didn't know that you were allowed to ask questions i thought <laughs> i thought motherhood was supposed to be intuitive and so if you had to ask questions, something was wrong with you, meant that you weren't maternal. Mm. I'm not a real huge lover of babies. Like I love my babies <laughs> and I love my grandbabies, but I don't need to hold them all the time. Like I just, you know, like. Once a just, month is good. No, I, I don't <laughs> mind holding them unless they make noise. I, then I you just give them don't, to me. Then you give them to me. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I just. I like babies more than you do. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I, I love them, yeah. but. You know, even when young mom's in the church, I'm happy to hold them once, but I'm happy to pass them around at the baby shower. I'm not the one, I'm not the one in the holding the baby, you know, hug, hogging the baby kind of thing. It's just, it's but, just not your makeup. Yeah, yeah. but sometimes that can feel like something's wrong with you. Right. Like hmm. something. How did it feel when, like when you first, when we first started having kids and, you know, and you were like, who, did you ask somebody, how, how do I, how do I be a mom? Not that I remember, but I do remember mm. we lived in, so we lived in Salmon Arm when Joel, our firstborn was, uh, I think we moved, how old were we? He was, he was like just a month or two months. Yeah, ago. he wasn't very old. And I, so I would say he was about six months old and we were youth pastors in Salmon yeah. Arm. And I remember seeing this couple that had a son and a daughter and they were probably 14, 15, 16, something like that. Right. Um, and looking at them, I loved how they interacted with each other. I liked their relationship with their parents. Mm. And I thought, you know, I, w I, I want my <laughs> kids to be like that. I only had yeah. one little boy. But I, I remember being intentional about finding, like feeling like I wanted to see who I wanted my children to be mm. and getting a picture of who they would be as young adults and as adults when before the first one was even a year old. And I remember intentionalizing each of the kids, like what will... What I, what I have to do is I have to prepare them for who they will be 
as grownups, right. you know, and not that and me, I, I don't even really like that they've grown up and left home. <laughs> I never even really wanted summer vacation to come. I loved having my kids. Well, you didn't want summer vacation to be over. Yeah, that's yeah. what I meant. I didn't mind. But I, I, I never remember. There are moms who don't and, and dads who don't want summer vacation to come. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just loved having them home, but I did, I did feel like my responsibility was to prepare them for, um, adulthood. Although mm. I somehow or another missed the part where you're supposed to teach your sons how to wash clothes. I don't know. We had this w very traditional. So, you know, even now we have Christmas dinner, all the boys oh, sit in the yeah. living room, all the girls in the kitchen, let's except put, for the let's, wonderful let's put something son on the screen, you know, so I, rant did, coming. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't prepare them in every way. It was just with my understanding. Cause that was my understanding. Of, yeah, no, that's true. And, and that's it, isn't it? you can only, you right. can only do what you have your own understanding. How, how important would you say now, kind of looking back a little bit, how important would you say having a having somebody you could talk to about how to mother or, you know, just kind of something? I would think, that be important? I think one of the most valuable things you could do as a young mom or even a mom of any age mom, even moms of kids who are empty nesters, you know, any stage, have some people in your life, not that are going through the exact same mm. thing as you, but a little ahead of the game, and ask them, dialogue with them. And when you make a decision, even if you don't take their advice, tell them, tell them what you decided. Because mm. it's such an honor to be included in somebody else's process. I, you know, whether when they ask you things, and even if they think, well, you know, I'm I'm not gonna potty train my kid like that, you know. I'm not going to bite my kid when he bites other kids. I know you did that, but or whatever it is, uh, tell them what you decided to do because at least that says to them that mm. you Value. consider. I, I don't even think that you will take everybody's advice, right. and I don't think you should have a multitude. Uh, you know, like not an endless supply. But that's called Google. Is, oh, is that yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you can you can find anything you want on Google. Oh, I know, yeah, and it can be uh, yeah. It, and I think that God, as Christian parents, we have a responsibility to direct them to, to a moment of salvation, to something bigger than ourselves. Mm. And I, I think that that's a unique experience. As soon, I prayed my kids would have an experience with God. Yeah. And uh, when they did, young, not even one that I'd ever had. It was, it was such, a, I was so awestruck by the goodness of God. Mm that he would reveal himself to my children, mm. that it didn't just have to be my faith, but that they could establish their own faith yeah. in a real God. Yeah, and it's and it's been interesting watching that develop in the different yeah. stages of their lives. Because, you know, we have four kids, two girls, two boys, yeah. all married, you know, 12 grandchildren. Yeah. Um, I think the fact that we had more than one boy, more than one girl, has been, uh, you know, I think that has really helped the adding the dimensions to being able to parent and mother, because I think you could come up with some absolutes that all right. girls do this, all boys do sure. that. But um, they're not the same. They're None of the kids uniquely are same. different, and yet there's moments they're so alike that it's it's almost frightening. Yeah. <laughs> and it's usually in frightening areas. <laughs> yes, hey, let, me, let me ask you, if uh, what, what would you say was your, your greatest or your best decision you ever made as a mom? I, I think it was seeing my kids in the future, like just seeing, mm. having a vision for the future for them and finding people to include in my world. Right. And I became, after seeing that young, you know, those two teenagers that I loved 
watching their family. Then when we moved uh, about a year and a half later to Vancouver Island and we had a church of very senior adults yeah. and their kids were grown with children and they all grew up together kind of like our Revelstoke location where you're seeing like uh, probably so, the similar age and they were yeah. all having they were starting to have grandchildren uh, and things, um, yeah. and they all they were our age yeah I, don't, I can't imagine <laughs> that they all seem so old remember we thought they we did. were all we'd be doing we, is funerals yeah, <gasps> we did, yeah no that's not what's happening and um, uh. <laughs> so but I remember looking at their lives because they grew up together like these were like married couples who were seniors now but they had and there were some that were very different some that their whole family was serving god and some that none right. of them were and so and 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 the the parent like the moms or the dads um it was hard to tell based on the moms or not, the dads personal lives yeah, or what we could see of them anyway but we we sat them down and asked them you know yeah, what because we wanted to know and they were willing to tell us <laughs> they were yeah. and uh that was that was great insight, yeah, great was, wisdom. It was, it was wisdom. So uh, let's come back a little bit to your experience as mom. Um, biggest decision, looking, seeing your kids forward, the greatest, greatest decision. What about your biggest regret? You know, I have thought about this, and I really feel like one of the things that I was wish I'd known to do more was to teach my kids how to forgive. Mm. And not just, you know, tell your sister you're sorry, uh, give her a hug, which was kind of what happened. Um, but watching, because I watched, I, I really see it in my grandkids now, the residue of what's actually in their heart a little mm. bit more. That words alone, I mean, it's, you can make me say it, but you can't make me mean it. Yeah, right. And I know as an adult, having to work through insecurities, mm. deficiencies, unforgiveness, you know, those things that have broken us, Right. And the things that then have to be broken in us, I wish I'd been. I wish I'd known how to teach them more, mm. how to forgive, but, as kids. But in, in all more fairness, than just you didn't know. No, because no. you know we really what we you know as mother or father, your kids become who you are, not what you teach them. I think too, having not kind of been able to know that, I think what happens is you can, you can enforce in your kids. Uh, that they feel victimized all the time or mm. they see injustices all the time in their own life. You know, the first time your kid isn't invited to somebody's birthday party. Right. Uh, first time some kid, you know, whacks another kid somehow or another. And you can take on that offense. It's oh, really easy. hard, yeah. really hard as a mom. Especially as a as mom, parent. yeah. Because yeah, the moms mom, are much more nurturing. Yeah. You know, you know dad that might mother, say get up and go, but yeah. mom's going like, oh. You know, T.D. Jakes has a great message about moms, uh, you know, parenting uh, adult sons that is really good in how we still do that to our adult mm. sons. And I do have a tendency to, you know, think, you know, my sons, you know, I still wanting to mother bear them. They don't, <laughs> they don't always love that, you know, they're fact, getting better at rejecting it. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> to but their, to their I, I do benefit, think what yeah. happens is there is a sense at which there is a victim mentality that they will see that there is a, you know, themselves as a victim. And I, it, mm. the other thing is, then they miss actually what is injustice and what God has called mm. them to do is to right. be somebody who stands in the gap for others because they always feel like they're the ones that need some sort of defense. Right. And I, I don't even mean it's in a big way. It's just very subtle, very subtle ways. And that, that would be something that, and I look at it, I see it in my grandkids. I see things that I think, oh, I wish their parents would 
you know, notice. And mm. um, this is going to trip them up as adults if you don't. The nice thing about being grandparents is you don't have to parent. I don't have to. I just yeah. love them, answer <laughs> their texts, so you know. Okay, we're, we got. We only got a couple minutes left here, um, but I want to just kind of, uh, just like a, just a few word answer to a couple of questions. So just talking about roles of mothers at different stages of life. So what would you say really quickly to the role of a mother before you have children? Well, you don't know before you have children like is, that you're going to be a mother. Would you, would you be preparing or like uh, yearning or, you know, I mean, what happens if, you know, what happens if you're wanting so badly to be a mom and then and you it, can't it just doesn't happen? Yeah, yeah I, I mean, I think that, you know, being unable to have children, whether that's because, you know, you're waiting for the other person to parent with, whether mm. you just uh, medically cannot have children. I there are so many options for you right. to... Um, yeah, today, I mean, yeah. now we have a lot of I mean, more even we never, to, to my best of my recollection, you and I never even talked about kids before we got married. That's how bizarre it was. Like, we never... And then once we got married, we discovered we had two different ideas about how many kids we were going to have. I just assumed everybody had two. That's and I wanted I, six. So. Yeah, that wasn't happening. But, <laughs> but we never had, never had a conversation. Like, to no, my knowledge, no. do you want kids? Don't you want kids? How many would you I like think we to just have? assumed... Yeah, we assumed a lot of things. I, yeah. I don't know what we thought, yeah. but uh, so I I don't really know how you prepare, but I know that I know that uh, I was just with somebody recently who said, you know, being able to open up a womb that has not, you know, if that's if barrenness is an issue, that's a small thing for for God that He can He can give you a child, mm -hmm. whatever that looks like, and there are yeah. children that are looking for families. Yeah, so exactly. I think... And that's challenging. I mean, a huge shout-out to adoptive parents because... Oh, yeah. Or whether they're fostering, whether they're parenting, oh, yeah. whether they're just marrying somebody who has absolutely, children. Yeah, I mean, stepkids, absolutely. Those crazy. things are not easy, right? Yeah. Those, yeah. It just adds so many dynamics. How about, how about anything, like, what would you say a role of a mom is once kids have moved out, maybe not married yet, but they've moved out of your house? What do I think? So just the empty nesters, huh? Did they all move out at once? <laughs> um, well, I don't know that they all move out at once. Uh, you know, I. But what's your role once they? They're not in the house anymore. They're living on their own. What's your role now, as mom? Uh, you just stalk them quietly on Facebook, and you just <laughs> drive by where they live and make sure they're safe. You provide baking and opportunity. F I think you just. <laughs> I think you keep the communication open. Mm. Unfortunately, they have to pursue you yeah, uh, a little bit, so you can send one text. But apparently, if you send too many texts and then put You're question blowing marks, blowing up my phone. Yeah, and you put yeah. question marks like about six after the first one because they haven't answered. They don't like that. Yeah, they talk about that when you're not around. Yeah, um, but they're married, so that uh, didn't qualify for so, that. So, what's your role then as a, a mom now to marry children? Because because it changes then too. Uh, you know what? Welcoming your son-in-laws, daughter-in-laws into your life, that that is a challenge. Um, daughter-in-laws, uh, you know, I think are more of a challenge than son-in-laws. And I realize sure, yeah. that, you know, my daughter-in-laws will be watching this. Uh, the women that it's not, come... It's not, it's not because of the specific daughter-in-laws. It's because of the relationship. I don't think it is. No, you, <laughs> no I don't think it is. <laughs> it no, might be because of the specific is. sons. No, yes, that could be true. Like, I am grateful for the wives my oh, sons so have. Oh, so good. And our sons are better because of their wives. Yeah. That my son-in-laws that I have, they are wonderful. And um, neither of my sons would be easy 
So the women that are married to them, I, I applaud them. But it is the women, the women that come into your family hugely affect the family dynamics. Yeah. And as young moms, I encourage you strongly to pray for your spouses and yeah, your children. For sure. Really make that a matter and be very strategic praying for them. The people that, um, you know, if you see your kids developing relationships with, you know, not relationships that you think are great and you have a or voice that are going in a different direction yep. than they are yeah. yep and their future uh you don't get to do that once they're adults in right. the same way not unless they ask no. you but i mean i wouldn't i wouldn't be encouraging uh relationships that are you know when your kids are in their early teens that are you know those things just become hang-ups yeah you know, they do things. for later on in life but yeah. You do marry the family. I mm -hmm. do think that that has a big effect on mm -hmm. it. So what about mom's role? Now your grandma, um, gamma, depending on who and what mood they're in. Uh, what, what's, what, what do you feel your role specifically is? What, how, do you, how do you play um, a role now in your One of the things I notice life? you do with each of the granddaughters is you always call them beautiful. I do. And, um, and I really love being able just to love them and be a safe place for them to say, talk about the frustrations they have. I'm a verbal processor by nature. I didn't know that for a lot of years. So of course, COVID times, you are kind of restricted who you can talk to. And so all those crazy thoughts in my mind, they sound really good in my mind. Like I can sing really good in my mind, but I open my mouth and it's not quite as good. And so um, I love being able to talk to them. You know, I said I'm not really a baby person, I love, like, from about two years old on, yeah. I, I love that age. Yeah. I love being able to talk to them and have a conversation with them. Mm -hmm. uh, Marley, who's two, is he three? He's, He's three. three. He spent a couple nights and, you know, just sleepovers because Papa hasn't been there, so he's he's sleeping on Papa's side of the bed. And uh, just being able to have a conversation with them. And they're fascinating. I love seeing... I love seeing the gifts and the callings of God on their life, even as little as two and three years old, and being able to nurture those things. So would you say being grandma is really just being an encourager rather than a director? Like you don't yeah. have to you don't yeah. have to correct anything, you don't have to direct anything. You just like you're just wonderful. Yeah, and uh, and, it, and I do think. I think it's even encouraging their moms and their dads mm. of the goodness that's in them and the creativity and the wonder, like. I loved when people encouraged me in the things yeah. that were in my children. I might have seen them, or sometimes I didn't see them, and then they point them out, and yeah. I would feel like, really, that's unique? Wow, I didn't know that. And uh, we recently had a young guy uh, move out that was uh, renting a room from us in Revelstoke, and we were talking about how how kind and nice he yeah, was. Really nice, and yeah. uh, I said, you know, I think our kids would have been like that if they were in somebody's home. And, uh, and I, I believe that, like, I, yeah. I think sometimes you don't realize, you know, we think they're funny and we think they do all these great <laughs> things, but having somebody else tell you how wonderful they are true. and yeah. the potential for goodness yeah. and the potential for greatness in them. When you, I when think you, when you love somebody else's kids, the parents feel special. Uh, yeah, and even like the time, the longevity of relationship, mm. having been in Revelstoke for 30 years, yeah. we've seen so many, not just our own kids grow up and Damn. and seen, you know, like what they were like as two and three and seven and nine and seeing some of those characteristics and gifts and callings on their life, yeah. even when they're little. And now they're, they're totally manifested as husbands and fathers yeah, and thinking, cool. 
this really does work. I really saw this in this little person when they were little. And now I look at their children and think, you want to nurture that. That's such a gift. That's such a God thing. (laughs) And that's what I feel like when I look at my grandkids. And, you know, all those, you know, the things that I think that I just said, oh, I wish their parents would look at that. If they don't, on the other end of it, I'm going to be there loving on my grown-up grandkids. Yeah, you bet. And helping them process their brokenness. Just like the well, rest and, of us have broken, yeah, right? That's it. It's right. not because their parents you know. broke them. It's and, just and the thing is, life does. you know, I think, <laughs> you know, I mean, talking about moms, I mean, there's no perfect moms, right? No. And you know, I, I think, and you know, we're gonna wrap this up, but which I've been saying now for about eight minutes, but uh, <laughs> I, I, I think the fact that there's no, per- I think there's so much pressure on parents. Oh. So much pressure on moms, especially on moms. I don't hear it as much in dads, but I do hear it on moms. This pressure to do everything right. And, and almost the more you talk, the more moms talk to each other, the more pressure they feel. Well, I think the internet has played a big part of that. Yeah. A big part. There's just so much pressure um, you know, there's just so much pressure from everything from the lunch uh, that you make to the food that you serve to the clothes they wear. I think, I think, and, you know, I think something I heard when we were just young parents that really helped me a lot is, is this feeling like uh, we wouldn't do a good enough job and that, you know, our kids are going to hate us and we're just going to do a good enough job. Start a therapy account. Yeah. <laughs> Forget college, start a therapy account. But um, I, I remember reading a study, whether it was a survey, I don't remember, but it was something along the lines of uh, adult kids that had been interviewed and just said, how do you feel your parents did? And, and essentially it was like 80 to 90% of them said, I, I hope I can do as well as my parents did because I feel my parents did a good job. And that was just kind of helped me relax a little bit. And, and hopefully it help other people relax that, that a lot of that stuff that we fret about as young parents, you know, as young moms, mm-hmm. a, a lot of it, it's, it's not that big of a deal five years from now. And maybe I, if you can see yourself five years from now, yeah. it's, it, you know, because the pressure's And I think intense. a lot of the things that I've, you know, now that my kids are adults, that I've talked about things that I thought were mistakes, they don't remember those things. Mm-hmm. And some of the things I thought were really fun, like pin the... T- Nose on the and clown they didn't at a like birthday party. They didn't like that <laughs> they one. They hated it, yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah. so, and God is good, you know, yeah, he's gracious, yeah, gracious and all those things. That's huge. Um, I just wanted to, just one thing I wanted to add, being that it's Mother's Day, and uh, talking about my moms that, you know, which, you know, I am grateful for being given life and being Mm. uh, this, you know, my birth mom has tried to connect with me now in the last few years, and she's been very gracious and patient and kind, and I'm thankful for that. Um, I don't know how to balance adding her into my life now, only because I don't know how to honor one and include the other. But I do have to say I've had a wonderful mother-in-law who is very gracious, your mom, and she's, because you're the only boy, she has no choice. I am her favorite <laughs> daughter-in-law. And, um, and I have come to, you know, I've, I can honestly say, I can count the two times she's made me mad in the 40 years we've been married. One was in the first six months we were married. And um, she probably doesn't even know what they are. But uh, I, I don't can, even know what they are. Yeah, so. I could never have lived with my mother, but I have lived with your mother. And she is a wonderful wonderful mother and um i i you know she was a great example to me mm. my aunties Find were an example. my grandmother yeah. 
find I an example. I loved my grandmother, yeah. and she has probably been one of the largest influences on my life as a mother, as a grandmother. Yeah. And, um, and those people look for people that you can admire, Good. and it's great. You know. Yeah. And God will provide those. Well, why don't we uh, just wrap up? Let's just pray for moms and, and everybody with moms today. Why don't we, uh, why don't you pray for a bit and just... Uh, God, I thank you for motherhood. I mm. thank you that it is a gift and yeah. a calling. And God, I know there is a cry in the hearts of many yeah, to Jesus. be mothers. But God, I know that you, you can find them children to mm. love, whether yeah. those are their own or others. God, I know that... You, God, can give them, you can utilize that heart of motherhood, whether they have their own children, God, birthed out of love and relationship or even given to them to care for and nurture, God. I pray that you would cultivate a sense of purpose in their lives, that they are stewards of these lives, whether these lives are little or big, whether they're loud or whether they're quiet. God, I pray that you would grant such a measure of wisdom to each woman as she listens, God, that she would know that, God, you will right every wrong. Mm. God, you will orchestrate the steps of that as she walks out in faith, handing her children over to you, God, just surrendering them every day, knowing, God, that you are going to love them and care for them, and you're going to bring them to a place of realization of who you are in their lives. I pray, God, that you would wipe away the shame and the guilt that just tends to clutter up our minds and Mm. our lives, God. And I pray there would just be a confidence to be able to keep going, to thrive in the role as we just progress through life. Thank you, God, for the great women of God that have stood with me, that have been in my life. I thank you, God, for your grace for your care upon my children and my children's children. Mm. I thank you for the legacy that is made known, God, through the lives of so many men and women, God, that as they have rose up and called their mothers blessed, I pray, God, that you would bless each mom of this house, God, that they would know, God, that they have a future that is great, that you care and love for their children, and, God, that you are you are well pleased with yeah. the job that they've done. Give yes. them relationships that will stand with them. Give them people that will love them, support them, and encourage them in every way, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, hey, thanks for joining us on Mother's Day. So uh, today, if you are uh, a mom, you know, hope your family celebrates you. If you're not a mom, you're a woman, you are an example to somebody. Just be a godly woman. You're an example to somebody. And uh, I just have a great Mother's Day. We do have a few things coming up, just not a lot coming up, but we do have some things coming up. Seeing this is the second Sunday of the month. Next week, the 13th, so the 16th, sorry, third, third Sunday of the month, which is the 16th of May, uh, we have our monthly kids Zoom call. Yes, so the kids right get together right after the service. We do that. And then the last Sunday of the month, we have our corporate prayer uh, Zoom call after church. It's a time after service that we can get together, we can pray, and we can just seek God together. Mm-hmm. So we encourage, encourage you to join on that. But hey, listen, thanks for joining us. Have an incredible devil-free week, and we'll see you again next week. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day.